Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, again, I'm talking to you about the power of positive choices. What does that mean? That means that you can make choices that are not positive in your life, but we're not emphasizing that. We're emphasizing uh, positive choices that you can make. And, you know, you making a choice or decision is between you and the Lord. It's not between you and anyone else. You can do what he leads you to do if you have the courage to be able to do it. I'm just thinking about what God called us to do in 1978 when we made a, a positive choice to follow God with our life and that we were going to minister to people the Word of God that was able to change their lives, change their destiny, change everything about themselves. And we decided that we were going with that. Once we did, all hell broke loose. There were people that were, they were mad. They were absolutely mad that we were going to do such a thing. After all, Knoxville is full of churches. You got that right. It's full of dead, dried, withered up churches. Do I think all are that way? Obviously. No, I do not. There's some good good churches. In 1978, there were some good churches, but there were a lot of dead churches. And God looked in our lives and looked upon Eddie and looked upon me and said, there's two people and I want to use them to do something in this city that hasn't been done before. And so we made that positive choice and we said yes to the Lord. Well, you know, there are things like that in your own life. It's not going to be the same. My choices are not your choices and vice versa. There are things that go on in your life. Some of the the men and women in this church, God has given you the ability to be a great businessman or woman. And it's up to you to make choices to take you along that particular calling and what he has for you. See, I believe that it's a calling to do what I do and my husband does. I believe it's a calling to be a businessman. I believe it's a calling to be a politician. And Lord God knows we need some right now that are have a, a background that is Christian. Isn't that right? But I believe in all realms of life that God anoints us and He wants us to make positive choices for our life to take us on a direction. Now, everybody, again, is not called to start a church. Everybody is not called to be an evangelist, but everybody is called with a destiny and has purpose in their life. And whatever God calls you to do, you're to use that influence for Him if it's in the business realm, 
If it's in the school system, in the uh, political realm, it doesn't matter. To use your God-given Christian ability and bring it over into that because didn't he say that we are salt and light? And those positive choices that we make are powerful. They are powerful choices. Many times we do not understand the power in a choice. We do not understand that. But I want to talk a little bit about that tonight as we dig deeper into this. Now, choices are powerful and they turn us to our destiny or they can take us away from our destiny. I'm just thinking about, you know, because I'm in the ministry, I'm speaking from that perspective, but... um, I I don't like to emphasize that too much because then we just start here and everybody's called into the ministry. And I believe that there are people obviously here and we want that, but not everybody. And we don't want people, you know, to start getting wrong ideas and that kind of thing. But choices have energy and they are influential in our lives. Can you imagine that, that there's energy in a choice that you make? And there can be negative energy that takes you in a wrong direction. But being in the ministry over the years, and even before I went in the ministry, I started noticing this. And I started noticing um, men that had been called into the ministry. And I had watched their their family, their home lives, the, the person that they married, and how that there was not a complimenting, there wasn't a standing together, a helping of, of that mate to help them get positioned and do what God had called them to do. And, and so that was, that was negative because what happened in, in especially one case that I'm thinking about, and today I am friends with this person and I'm very supportive of them as a person, but I watched it in their marriage, in the pastor's marriage and his wife, and there was no working together. It was always a pulling away, whatever. And the husband was anointed and he had a call upon his life, but he never reached that place and he got off track and, you know, a bunch of stuff. Now, I'm not saying that was his wife's fault. No, that's his fault. But I'm just saying that wife didn't stand with her husband and they did, you know, you're, when you're married, you're God's unbeatable team, if we just understand that. And we have unity and harmony together instead of pulling apart and working against um, each other inside of a, a, a marriage. That's really important. But that was a choice that was made that looked like It wasn't very positive to me. I don't know. I'm not the judge be all. But it was an observation I made a long time ago. And I've seen it many times since. And so choices are important in our life. Who we marry, isn't that? If if I were to ask you, what, what are important choices in our life? Well, I've already talked about marriage. And wouldn't we say that is very important? You get hooked up with somebody that's always dragging you down. You are on fire for God and they act like they're on fire for God until you marry them and then they don't want to have anything to do with the Lord. How would I know that? Because I've seen it happen over and over and over again. But what other decisions that are important choices that we make? 
it, that really influence her life. Who wants to? Your vocation. Children. Where you go to church. That's a big one right there. And, and you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were telling me about a church, uh, and, and the church was a church where all the social elites go. And that was why how they chose their church. Now, I don't think we have to be a bunch of misfits to come together. <laughs> I certainly don't. We don't want a church of all misfits. <laughs> There's going to be people that are that way, but they don't stay that way. That's the beautiful thing about it. But you don't want everybody to be like that. But, it, but again, this church, it was all, you know, for the most part, I'm not going to, obviously, probably not 100%, but many, many people that are influential in different realms go there because it's socially accepted. And they choose a church based on that. Well, they have to, uh, you know, I'm not here to condemn everybody. Everybody has to figure that out. But I would think you, you make a choice to go to a church and be a part. When you go to a church, do you know what that means? I can feel it. I'm going off. Pray for me. I'm going off. <laughs> you need to be in a church where you're loved, you're accepted, you're corrected, Amen. you're discipled. See, if people don't care about you, why should they try to correct you if you get off, off on something? Do you correct people by smacking them around with the Bible? Get out your Bible and just beat everybody. No, you don't do that, do you? You correct people in love. And that's very important to know that. But church needs to be something in your life that causes you to spiritually be able to grow, develop, and be equipped. That's what church should be about. Church should not be a lot of people coming together that everyone is, you know, is considered a babe. They don't know much about Scripture you know, knowledge can puff you up. So you know I'm not talking about, well, I know this and I, I see, I've seen and worshipped with people like that before. That's not what I'm talking about either. I'm talking about where you get the Word of God in your heart and it causes you to grow. And when you grow, if you grow in God, you develop. And you develop in many areas. And one of those areas is the love walk. You develop in that. You learn that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but then you, you realize that you have to humble yourself before the Lord. See, because when I, the Scripture says knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes you get full of pride. But when you humble yourself before the Lord and humble yourself before the Word... You're not puffed up, you're built up, and you're balanced, amen, and that's very important to realize that. Now, I want to give you a quote by a famous person. 
Making no choice is in itself a choice. You know who that famous person was? Me. (laughs) That is my quote. Well, I haven't made a choice, and I've been in the balance for three or four years. No, you did make a choice. You just didn't know that. You made a choice not to go forward, not to go on into some other things because you did not make a choice. Choices are important in our life. Amen? It means you will live and settle for things just the way they are or for whatever happens in your life. I am not living that way. Get out of my way, devil. The word of God, the sword of the spirit in my mouth and in my hand, and I'm going forward. Now, whatever that means. And see, we're to live that way. We're to live that way. Not, que Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That's a lie of the devil. It may be a catchy little song, but it's a lie. Amen. It doesn't have to be. God gives us the ability to make choices in our life. I've seen this over the years, and I've walked through it with people inside this church over many years. And I've seen them, and I've seen them be raised and grow up in situations and circumstances that were not the best. It could have been the housing project. It could have been abusive, alcoholic parents. It can be all kinds of things. But they come inside of here, they begin to hear the Word of God, and they begin to, listen to me, make choices. And the choices are, I am a child of God. He is my Father. I have His blood running in my veins. And because of that, I am not going to lean on my own understanding and think the what my parental involvement in my life and all everything that happened is that's the way it has to be for me. Now, it will be that way if you just let it happen because that is a generational thing and you it will come on you and you will pass it on to your children unless somebody stands up and says, no more, Amen. no more. Amen. And when you draw the line, you've got to make some choices. You've got to make some choices. And you make a choice, what? I might be in the projects, but the projects are not in me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I may have been affected by a bad situation that I grew up in, but you know what? I'm not going to let it determine who I am and what I become. Choices. Make a choice. And when you don't make a choice, you are making a choice to let things go as they are and be okay with that. I tell you, God needs to put on the inside of his people a determination like we have never seen before. I am not going to relent. I am not going to give up. And I am not having this. I'm not having it. Amen? Amen? 
To make a choice means that you are choosing. You choose. It means that you make a decision. It means that you have an opportunity to do something that you feel like you need to do. Not what is forced upon you. It means options. Well, I was, you know, I was brought up this way and my parents were that way. Well, you have options now. Amen. And it's found within this book. And you are in here. Find yourself in this book and begin to say over yourself what the book says. Amen? Amen. It means to pick. It means to vote. But it also means embracement. When you make choices, you embrace certain things and you pull them into your life. And when you embrace certain things, what does that mean? It means you push other things away. Yes. Character is what, you know, maybe, you know, you've been around people that had absolutely no character. Whatever they said, they never did it. They never stood behind their word. You know, it, maybe that's the way it's been for you. Well... Embrace character. Embrace the fruit of the Spirit. Embrace the things God has for you and don't take your identity through wrong things. It's true. Amen. And it also means, uh, when we talk about making a choice, it means selection. We select things for our life. Now, I understand that there's outward circumstances that force themselves on you. But when they do things that you didn't have any control over, you still can make choices to, to have change in your life. And it's up to you. And I hope God will use my words tonight to impart His Spirit to you to give you the courage and the strength to stand up and believe and receive what God has for you and make right choices, maybe in many cases, different choices. Now, I was just thinking about this. God made choices. In Ephesians 1, 4, He said, He chose us before create the creation of the world. You see, He made a choice. He could have done anything He wanted to, but He chose you and me before the foundation of the world. Then, in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, he chose, listen to this, the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. Well, who wants to listen to that preaching? Who wants to hear the Word of God? Well, that's what God chose. It was His choice. And because He chose it, now we as His people, we live by it. And it doesn't matter if people don't like it. It doesn't matter if they don't want to hear it. It doesn't matter. He chose it, and that's the way it is. Amen? So that's very important. Joel 3.14 says there are multitudes. Everybody say multitudes. multitudes. Now, in this scripture, he says it two times. He said multitudes. Multitudes. What is it? He's emphasizing something. He said that there are multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now, I like what the Message Bible says. Mass confusion and mob uproar in Decision Valley. God's judgment day has arrived in Decision Valley. You know what that says to me? 
In Decision Valley, there are so many people. It's so full of people that could not make right choices. And the number one choice that they could not make in Decision Valley was to make Jesus Christ the Lord. One day I'm going to do that. You know, I just want to live a little while. I'm young, want to have some fun. Well, you're in Decision Valley. And there's an uproar in Decision Valley because everybody is there and cannot make a decision on what they're going to do. But see, as God's people, we don't need to live in Decision Valley. That is not where we need to be because it's full of people who cannot determine what needs to happen in their life based on walking with the Lord, being in the Word, seeking Him, seeking His Spirit, and getting His will and plan, and then making a decision. Amen? So, people are continually unable to make a choice, and one day it's going to be everlastingly too late. Amen? I've made my reservation. Amen? I'm getting on the train. Amen. When we're making a wise choice, we have to have info. We have to have information. We need the Lord's plan, and then we need to soak it with very much prayer. That's important, isn't it? Proverbs 21.5, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. Whatever you think about is coming to you. I let my thoughts think I'm plenty, not lack, not I can't. It's not going to happen for me. It's never going to come to me. No, my thoughts tend, they lean to plenteousness, abundance of the Lord. Amen. But of everyone that is hasty, only to want. So when we're talking about choices tonight, one of the things that we need to remember and balance out everything, yes, we make choices, but we're not to be hasty in how we make choices. Hasty is just, you know, you don't pray about it, you don't think about it, you don't give it any time, you don't um, do certain things to prepare yourself maybe, and you just make a choice and headlong go into something that's hasty. And God tells us you need to make a choice. You don't need to live in Decision Valley all the time, but you don't need to be hasty either. Isn't that wonderful how God balances out our life and takes all those rough edges that we've got in our life? You know, yeah, man, let's make a choice. Yeah. And then we run off and do something crazy. See, we're not talking about that. You can't be hasty. Hasty choices and decisions lead you to lack and poverty, depletion, and insufficiency when you make hasty decisions. You meet somebody, you know, in one month, oh my God, I'm head over heels in love, and before you know it, you marry him. Hasty decisions. Do you not know that it takes time to know people? Oh, but I'm in love. Honey, you come back in five years and you tell me how that love is going. Because when you live with somebody, that love 
It's got a way of changing. (laughs) You know what I mean. Now, we love the people that we're married to, of course. But when you've been married to somebody for a while, it's not the lovey-dovey stuff anymore. You're, You're living with people, and you're blending two lives together, and you're one flesh. But man, the making of the one flesh is tough. (laughs) Ola, you know what I'm talking about. Punch Reggie there. That's right. Okay. Moving right along. All right. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, now listen, because see, we're saying make choices, but don't be hasty. And then 1 Peter 5, 8 in the Amplified Bible says, Be well balanced for that the enemy of yours, the devil. See, you've got an enemy. People don't know the devil is real, and they don't know he's their enemy. But see, Scripture tells us we get insight when we read the Bible. Be well balanced for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams about like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. That's what the enemy wants to do. So when we get out of balance, the enemy is there to seize upon our life and devour us and then tell us that God did it. He tells us that God did it. But see, we're to be well balanced. We're to live with good, positive balance. Don't procrastinate. Don't be hasty. Make a choice based upon, listen, these three things, the Word of God, prayer, and here's one, wise counsel. I hear so many people, and I believe this scripture because it's in the Bible, how Paul didn't consult with flesh and blood anymore after he knew the will of God. Well, when you become Paul and you have the revelations that Paul had, then I think you could do that. And I'm not saying that God can't speak into your life and you don't need to, you know, keep talking. But that's not in most cases. Most of us need wise counsel in our life. Amen? Amen. So, now listen, we're not to be hasty, but we're not to procrastinate either. I, I know people, and they're in Decision Valley for many years. Well, you know, I think God wants me to do that. And I just want, you want to know what I want to do? After a while, after they've been praying, seeking God, you know, talk to me, whatever, I just want to say, make a choice. (laughs) But see, it's not me. I don't have to live with it. So I don't usually say that. But that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) So I'm going to say that again. Live with good, positive balance. Don't procrastinate. Don't be hasty either. Make a choice based on the Word of God, prayerfully seeking the Lord, and then getting wise counsel. Okay, I'm going to give you a definition. What is wise counsel? Wise counsel is a person that has walked with the Lord that is not living in, you know, moral failures, that 
obeys the word of God. None of us are perfect. I'm not talking about perfection. But I've seen people go get marriage counseling from people who have gone through three divorces. Now, what's wrong with this picture? And why do I say go get wise counsel? You understand what I'm saying? You have to look at that. And that's, you know, some people just take the judgment thing. They take it to a wrong place. You have to, you look at someone's life and and not to judge and condemn and put them down. But if you're going to get counsel from them, you want to know that they have a stable Christian life. And so you don't go to someone that's been saved for, you know, a a couple of months or something like that. They may be your friends and you may love them. But you seek God through the Word. You seek Him through prayer. And you seek out wise counsel. And through those things to help you make the right choices. What do you do if you make a wrong choice? Everybody does. Well, I'll tell you what I do. I try to learn from it. Where did I miss it? Where did I go wrong? Did did I outpace God in it? You know, I have to look at that. Was it something I wanted to do and, you know, just so determined that, you know, determination is good, but when it's determination without the whole leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life, it can, it can be wrong. Amen? Now, I want to ask you a question. When does pausing become procrastination? When does pausing become procrastination? I think it is when you are living in Decision Valley over a long period of time and you're paralyzed and you're not able to move. Remember what I said, that quote from that famous person. When you don't make a choice, you really are making a choice. It is for sure. So when you're pausing, and is pausing good when you're making decisions and when you're making choices in your life? Yes, don't run headlong into something without considering it. You know, the Bible says you don't, you know, start building the house unless you consider it. You know, so you need to consider things. You need to think it through. You need to use wisdom. You need to do that. But then when it comes time to make the decision, you don't keep procrastinating. When when waiting is no longer wise? When waiting is no longer wise? Again, it's time to move. You know, you think about inside the church, you know, we just had or find your place, and we're getting ready. And, you know, that's what, you know, for a few months now, that's what my attention has been on, trying to get our teams and and everybody, you know, all the new people. And, uh, you know, you got to go through training and, you know, so much. And that's what I've been zeroing in on. But you'll see people, and, you know, they've been here for 10, 15 years. They don't do anything in the church not involved in groups. They just come on Sunday morning, slip in, slip out, 
don't want to get involved. You see, when, when that's happening, you've got, you've got to take the reins of your life and you've got to make a choice and a decision. I'm not going to be free every weekend. There's going to be times that I'm going to be serve, uh, serving and helping my brothers and sisters and the people that come into this church. It's true. And, and you know, not only that, but what about, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to make a choice to give because after all now, the economy is not really good right now. So I'm not going to make that choice to give. You see what I'm saying? That's not good. You have to make choices in your life. You have to make choices. I'm going to serve people. I'm going to, I'm going to serve. The Bible says serve one another. Esteem one another. It says give and it will be given. You see, we have to consider those things when we make our choices. And not just, well, I've got options, so I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. See, what does the Bible say? Remember, I use that as our balance. And in all of that, in procrastination, waiting, that kind of thing, you have to choose, listen to this, to trust God with your life. Do it His way. And if you'll do it his way, you get the results that he promised. Life is hard for everybody, isn't it? Don't we go through some difficult times? But you know, I have learned I don't glorify difficult times. I glorify the Lord and he pulls me out of every one of them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord... What does he do? He delivers us out of every one of them. He doesn't leave us in the middle of them. Amen? So decisions determine your direction. They affect your life and they set a course for you. When you make a decision and you make a choice, it's just like we were talking about a minute ago, and I, if I ever finish this, which, you know, sometimes I don't get around to doing that, and I know I'm not going to tonight, but one of the things that I was going to talk about is the marriage partner and how important that choice is. But the thing about it is once you make that choice, then what happens? You turn yourself toward a direction and you start going in that direction, be it good or be it not so good, but you start going in a direction. You have uh, a course for your life, in other words, that is set in that direction. Now, here are the five powerful life choices. You've named some of them tonight. They're not on my list that eventually I want to get to, even though it won't be tonight. But the first choice is choosing to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The second choice is choosing to be a student of the Bible and prayer. The third choice is choosing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is real? Now, if you listen today, you would not know that many times. If you don't read the Bible, in many cases, you do not hear about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says 
that we as God's children hear his voice and listen, another we do not follow. We don't listen to false voices. We, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And the Bible says we have an unction. What does that mean? We have an anointing from the Holy One. Listen to this. And we know all things. Isn't it wonderful to be a know-it-all in God? Well, you think you know everything. Well, the Holy Spirit does include me in um, a lot of information. <laughs> choosing the person you marry and choosing to surround yourself with the right friends. Those are five things that eventually I hope that I get to emphasize with you. But they are powerful choices that we make in our life. And they determine direction in our life. If you are surrounded by people that tear you down, that live defeated all the time, that speak defeated all the time, that have a cloud over them and everywhere they go and with you, the cloud is there. And I'm not talking about the cloud of glory. You understand that. A cloud, I mean, there's just heaviness, oppression, depression, um, you know, sadness, gloom, whatever. It's just this cloud that goes with them. And if you're associated with that, now, are we too good to minister to people like that? Some of you, you say, well, I've, I know I have that cloud. Well, don't live with the cloud. Get rid of that cloud. Take the Word of God. Pray over yourself. Get somebody else to anoint you with oil and pray over you and break the power of that thing and don't continue in it. But I'm not going to be buddies with someone like that. I'm just not going to do it. I can minister to them. I can love them. I'm not too good for them. But iron sharpens iron. So who we pal around with, who we're buds with, is very important. Amen? James 1, 5 through 8 in the Amplified. Can we put that on the screen tonight? I'm going to end this with this scripture. James 1, 5 through 8 in the Amplified. Now listen to this. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. Isn't that wonderful? I love that, the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given to him. Go to the next one, please. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers or hesitates or doubts is like the billowing surge out at the sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. Next one, please. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. And then verse number eight. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, he feels, and he decides. You know, I just recently, I felt like the double-minded man. 
I, I'm, you know, Eddie told you I'm doing a bunch of things in my house, redecorating. Oh, I want this paint color. No, 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 no. No, I want this paint color. And then I look through magazines and I talk to this one, talk. No, I don't want that. I want this one. And then all the other things, Lord, how mercy that I was going through. And so finally, I just have to come to the point where I'm not going to be double-minded. I'm, I'm assessing everything. I'm looking at all my information. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to look at things that I like. I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a decision, and I'm not wavering. And guess what happens next? A friend of mine will send me a picture of this. And a picture. No, 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 no. Get behind me. <laughs> okay, that's a little silliness. But we can be that way in life when it comes to making choices. We waver. And we, we go this way, and then we go that way, and then we go this way, and then we go that way. Now, there's nothing wrong at all gathering your information, seeking the Lord, doing your due diligence to make wise choices. But once you make your choice, just know and just realize there's going to be things that come to try to pull you off of that to get you double-minded about the choice and the decision that you make. I remember when... I started reading the Bible the first time through, and I started seeing all kinds of miracles in the Bible, and I started reading about people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to understand, I came from the Baptist background. I didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. I really didn't. I didn't understand anything about it. And so when I started reading that, and I started seeing the miracles, and then I look at my life, and I look where I am in the church that I'm in. None of that is happening. And if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it should be happening where I am. And so it created this great hunger and thirst in my life. And so I went after it. And I can remember I was in a small group, and there were probably, I don't know, six or eight of us in that small group. And we had really grown close, you know. We really grew close and we'd have meals together, you know, on Friday nights. You know, when we'd have the studies, which were probably like twice a month or something like that. And we would get together and just have a great time until Eddie and I, started looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the miracles, signs, and wonders, and then you would have thought we were the great Satan. It's true. Then everything they can do to pull us away from that, every comment that they can make to tear us down, everything that can be said to try to discourage us, they would do. And so... We made a choice, and it was not an easy choice, and it didn't come quickly, but we determined we are going with God. Now, what does that mean? If we're going with God and we're going with the Word and these things are in there, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the miracle signs and wonders that are in there, and we're going with that, and they're not then we separate. We made a choice. 
We changed our direction. We were going this way with them, and now we're not anymore. Now, did we get mad at them? Did we fuss at them? Did No, we didn't do any of that. We just said, look, guys, we love you, but this is where we're going, and this is what we believe, and we know you don't. So for peace, God bless you, and we're not going to be a part of the study anymore. We made a choice, and we didn't waver in it. Now, I'll tell you this. We did have to deal with not having friends for a while. That's happened to us more than one time. We didn't, we didn't have our friends anymore. That was uncomfortable. Now, we did still go to the same church because inside the church, they were believing, they were beginning to believe what we were believing even though it was a Baptist church. Think about that one. We had a real revival in that church. But we had to make a choice and we didn't waver in it. And so you may have to make choices in your life and it may not be easy choices, but it's the choice that's going to lead you to God's plan, to your destiny in Him. If somebody is pulling on your life and they're trying to take you away from God, they're wanting you to be pulled into the bars, they're wanting you to look and, you know, watch things that you shouldn't be and all kinds of things, you better make a choice or you're going to be one of those that is in Decision Valley. But it's up to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.